A planner is not a planner unless it is a well-planned planner. The well-planned gal, Rebecca Ferris, is a homeschool mom who has a gift, and she shares her talents with us in her planner series. A few of the amazing planners available are the well-planned day, student planners, and even the high school four-year planner. The newest planner is the well-planned prayer planner with an all-in-one planner and organizer. Organize your day with a focus on placing God first. Journaling 101 as well as scripture verses permeate this beautiful book. Take it everywhere and you will have all the information you need at your fingertips. Best of all, it becomes a keepsake and a wonderful guide for making prayer a priority. This journal is truly life-changing. Visit wellplannedgal.com for more information. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 68 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, Girls... Again. We're talking about girls again. You forgot the comma. Oh, I'm sorry. It's girls, girls, comma, again. again. Yeah, that's how how the title is. All right. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about them again. You know, it's uh, been since episode 10 that we talked about girls. Yep. Last time around, our girls, our girls, were 14, 12, and 10, so... We've put a couple years on that. Yeah. We have a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and an 11 and a half. She's yeah. almost 12. Yeah. Almost 12. So we've put about two years, and that's about how long this podcast has been around. So, you know, did we celebrate our two-year anniversary? Um, is it coming up? Um, no. Actually, you know what? It's right now. It is. I think right it's now. Two yeah. years. We're celebrating two years on this podcast. <laughs> Hard to believe we've been doing yeah. this for two years. Yeah, yeah. You haven't fired me. No. I don't really have that authority. And you haven't quit. Well, I have that authority, but no, I have not quit. (laughs) So what's going on in the Fletcher house before we get ready for this episode? Well, honestly, I'm kind of having a hard time talking um, because it's, we are, our California's on fire. Yeah, it is on (laughs) fire this year. I'm sure most of our listeners, even those worldwide might know that we are in a horrific drought. Mm -hmm. This -hmm. is the worst drought I know in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Me too. And uh, you know what they say is off the coast, that mean little Mexican boy. Yeah, El Nino, Nino, which we hope starts to pour rain on us. Yeah, It sounds possible because Mm -hmm. they've said it the last couple of years, but this year, boy, one of the things that happens, and this is just purely um, biological, we have an anchovy run going up the coast, which means we have a whale run going up the coast. Yeah, whales just popping up in the craziest of places. Where yeah. did you? Where was that? Monterey one? Bay had a blue yeah. whale. Um, look at look for. Do a search for BBC blue whale, and you will see the largest living mammal swimming in Monterey Bay. Yeah, that's like where and, we grew up swimming. Well, and when we say bay, I mean this isn't like a massive body body of water. I mean Monterey no, Bay is a bay. It's small, yeah, it's right off the <laughs> right. coast, and and we literally swim. We've been there on vacation many times. So, yeah. but a friend went to see humpback whales last uh, last week. He mm-hmm. said he just got bored. 
because there, there were so, so many humpback whales. And Crazy. there have been great whites yeah. um, off the shore of uh, Santa Cruz where we spend a lot of vacations. And Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that I don't know if our listeners know this, but we are we live surrounded by almond farmers. And so, or almond, they like to say almond because yeah. when you, the, you, I don't know if people know, have we told this joke before? But Yeah, it's they, an almond tree. They shake the trees. They literally shake them. That's what they're doing right now. Vibrate them. Yes. Yeah. So they, they have these big harvesting shaker things that come. That's my and it, it farming shakes terminology. our house. It does. I mean, you can feel it in the house. Yes. And so they shake these trees and that's how the nuts drop to the ground. And that's then they sweep them all up and, and sort them and clean them and harvest them, whatever. Yeah. So what that does is it produces a massive amount of dust, massive amount of dust. So well, our sweeping, cars, yeah, because then they come yeah. by and sweep those almonds. Right. So our cars are covered in yeah. dust. Our house is dusty. Um, it, you can taste it. Like the dust is in your mouth. Um, what else? Oh, when you drive down the road, they have signs that say visibility, yeah, visibility is limited will, because... It, I drove down the road this see. week and I disappeared. And it actually, I, I told you this, it kind of freaked me out. I could not see where yeah. I was driving. And I hoped yeah. as I went into it, it's typically just, you know, a couple... Um, um, aisles of trees, what do we call those? Rows yeah. of trees. So it's only, you know, about 30, 40 feet. And I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll push through the other side. But when you're in the middle of it, you're like, <laughs> I hope there's no shakers or sweepers. Or a truck. Yeah, yeah. or anything in the road because yeah. I really couldn't see. And, it, and then all of a sudden it started to break through and then... Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's so crazy. What, what the farmers say, they, they call them almonds here because when you sh- you shake the trees, you shake the L out of them. So yeah, there you go. everybody else calls them almonds. We call them almonds, but the farmers call them almonds. Yeah. And um, so... That is going on, all this dust everywhere and the shaking and of the trees. it just kind of settles on, on us. Yeah, it does. But what's the other thing is we have a huge fire in mm-hmm. the foothills just about, it's about 50 miles away. Yeah. So we have ash and just browns. I mean, it's just... It's bad. It looks like um, the apocalypse outside. Yeah. And so then I, my, my family is prone to asthma and bronchial stuff, and that's what I'm struggling with right now. So last night, I went to put some essential oils in our little Mr. Thing in our bedroom, <laughs> and I didn't have eucalyptus, which is what I needed, but some of the ones that I did have that are good for bronchial stuff was oregano and rosemary. So... I, I went to bed last night. It was like such a romantic thing. I felt like I was sleeping in a pizzeria next to <laughs> It was bad. Yeah. So we're, we're so we may come through a little choky on this episode. Um, let's see what else. We still um, we're, we're wrapping up the year and we're getting ready for our annual vacation. Yeah, we take vacation because we're homeschoolers. We take vacation usually September, October this year. Yeah, that's fun. Um, oh, hello! It's the U.S. Open tennis Watch right now. The U.S. Is, Open. You know, yeah, that's been huge. Um, and in the world of homeschooling, we wanted to let you know that in five short weeks we are going to be on the East Coast. And actually, this isn't the world of homeschooling; it's the world of blogging. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, two to one conference. We are going to be in Kitty Hawk, North. Carolina, we are speaking on podcasting and how to convert yeah. your blog to a podcast. Yep. So we're going to take all the information we've learned from speaking with you and taking that to other people who want to uh, do the same with their blogs, even though this wasn't a blog. This was a podcast first. So that's coming up, but we will be traveling for that. We're excited for that. And then we'll also yeah. be taking a family vacation in the lovely town of Palm Desert, which is near Palm Springs. And close to hell. <laughs> from, from a heat index, degrees. yeah. It's also, um, it's sort of like California's Florida, you know? You know what I mean by that? Uh, all the old people. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like just a bunch of old people, which is, which is great. 
So, with that said, are you ready to get started with today's episode yeah. on girls? Let's do this. We have three girls in our home, so let's talk about it. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You know, we are really enjoying our partnership with the Home Educating Family Association, and we've introduced you to a few of the Hedgewell products like Family Magazine and the Well-Planned Day Planner. Well, I recently got back on the phone with Rebecca Kelleher, the owner of Hedgewell, to talk about another branch of their business. Dear Magazine is a magazine published specifically for young women. And before we get into the details of that magazine, I want to look again behind the scenes and share a little more about the heart of this company. First, a little background. I asked Rebecca, why would you jump into the teen magazine market? Obviously, there's several teen girl magazines on the market today, but there's none that I felt would encourage the culture that we were already building in our home. I started talking to my girls about that. Hey, did you know there's not a magazine that really comes to girls and both exposes them to the gospel, good fashion, modest but hip, do-it-yourself projects that teen girls would be interested in, articles on relationships that were relevant to them at their age level. Now, here's where the story begins to get really good. Because Rebecca's passion was picked up by one of her own daughters, Jenny. So Jenny came to me at 16 and said, Mom, you've been talking about women's awareness. You've been talking about the needs. You've been talking about the fact there's no teen magazine. And in the process of all that, she was actually helping design family magazines. So she had already learned the skills to do layout and design for magazines. She said, I think I might want to do the teen magazine. And I said, well, why don't you pray about that? And she did. And for two years, it was a topic. But as a mom, I didn't want to push it. So I backed completely off and prayed about it. You know, we've said this before. Here at Homeschooling IRL, we love to partner with sponsors that we believe in. If we're going to tell you to use a product, it's because we love that product and the people behind them. That became super clear with Hedgewa as Rebecca continued to describe the genesis of Dear Magazine and the heart behind it. I can't remember the exact moment she came to me and said, this is what we're going to do. It's almost like it was just a natural progression. And uh, she, she did the layout and the design for one issue and said, what do you think? And... The moment I saw the first edition on a PDF on my computer, um, first as a mom, I cried. <laughs> but then secondly, just this sense of awe that God could take this family that did not know Christ and 20 years later produce a child that is sharing the gospel at 18 with other young women is breathtaking. It is amazing what the gospel will do in your life if you just let it. That's real life. The Kelleher family behind Hedgewa gets it. They are real people behind real products. In the upcoming weeks, we'll be looking more closely at Deer Magazine. But for now, head on over to Hedgewa.com. That's H-E-D-U-A dot com. And check out all of their great products. Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven... I can't resist a joyous urge to smile and say thank heaven for little girls, 
All right, Ken. So last week you complained rather loudly on the podcast that we don't have enough music that you know. So that last little bit came. So that came in from what musical? Gigi, and, and it was who? Maurice Chevalier. He's like a legend in French, French name. That I can't. I don't really know how to pronounce most French words. Maurice. And actually, with me, what Chevalier. I what I what I do is just tend to use like a Steve Martin French accent. No, like, oh, but of course. Like Pepe Le Pew. Right, Pepe Le Pew is, <laughs> is kind of my yardstick for uh, French accents and French words. That's true, okay. Pepe Le Pew, and he's awesome. He's awesome. Okay, so uh, last time we went through this, if you listened to our episode 10, we kind of went through um, what what we consider to be some of the pitfalls in homeschooling with girls. Yeah. So that whole locked away daughter, girls being raised um, to be servants, um, first for their dads and then for a husband, mm-hmm. and just kind of transferring from the homeschool world to the homeschool mom world. Yeah. Uh, no college, you know, the kind of those themes that we saw. And truthfully... This really is mostly the past. I mean, we'll still see, I will still see, I'm not going to say we, not you listeners, not you, Kendra, but I still see some homeschoolers that roll through my office that the kids are still in a real restrictive environment, being raised in a real um, kind of iron fist environment. I still see it. So as much as we had this conversation before we went on the air that you're not seeing it, you I are. still okay. bump into it. I still see it out in public. I do see it at conventions, um, but I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing parents understand that God is in control of yeah. their daughter's futures. <laughs> and I'm seeing a real refreshing look yeah. at this last convention we went to. It was cool. It was a lot of young, cool, hip parents that were choosing to homeschool, and that was at a very conservative Southern convention that we were at. So Well, but quantify that because what what is young and hip and cool? Like, you know, I mean like yeah, I mean, why but, is that why is that a thing? Well, what I'm saying is they're not the typical they're, they're not people that came to homeschooling later. You know, like we pulled the kids out of school and now we're going to homeschool, which is what we saw a lot when we started. And a lot of fear base. Yes, yeah, we're pulling right. them out to protect them entirely from being sullied. So yeah. we talked a little about that. We talked about um, education and then you brought up something that I loved in that last episode. And I really want people to go back and listen to your whole idea of plan A, plan B. Oh, yeah. Well, just that idea that I think it's not just homeschool centered. I think in Christendom, we do this to our daughters where marriage is so upheld as like the ideal and the thing we want them to do and have and be. And so that's plan A, but if it doesn't work out, then okay, then you can have plan B. Like you should go to college and get like a teaching credential or do something like that. Cause that's your plan B in case you don't get married. And I, yeah, this idea that we, we just wipe that out because whatever God has for our daughters, for our sons, that's plan A. Right, exactly. And that's, uh, that. I just love that. So again, go back. It's episode 10. It was back towards the beginning. Our production level was pretty lousy, but it was, it was, we were having fun. Okay. We were actually, we we're, I feel like we were, uh, poking a lot more sticks back then. A lot of, a lot of people, that was when people were up and leaving. Remember, like, <laughs> that's it. I've had it with this podcast. Okay, um, but there were sticks to be, there were things to be poked with yeah. sticks. And there still are, like you say. I mean, there still is this idea that we must hedge and protect and, and, you know, keep them so cloistered and, and guys, listen, sin comes from within. We're born into it. We're born into it. So there's no environment you're going to drop your daughter into that. She's going to be completely sullied and all this sin is going to now enter her life. I mean, is there appropriate sheltering and, 
and um, walking alongside of a child. Yeah, of course there is, and I hate when, when they're people little. Assume that we don't think that. Right, exactly, but, and and there's appropriate. We were just talking about this with a teenage daughter. We have a we have a 16 year old who got her license a couple of weeks ago. She texts us. I mean, this is but we have requested that she do this. That she texts us when she gets where she's going. That she texts us before she leaves, and it's typically a babysitting job, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and this school. morning she was on the other side of the valley, and I texted her in the middle of the day and I said, I'm assuming you got where you got because I didn't get a text message. And she said, I sent one to mom, but I never know who to send them to. So we now are going to start a group text where we all know where she is. I said, well, <laughs> the California Highway Patrol had not called, so I wasn't worried. And that's that's appropriate. You know, that's that's caring for our children. That's appropriate, <laughs> yeah. you know. But the idea that we're and- going to shelter them, we're going to be their primary source. I'm full of sin. I'm no better than right. a lot of people. I am their parents, but I'm no better. Yeah. Um, I'm not uh, like suddenly I'm pure. I'm not Jesus. Yeah. So what's changed since then? That was kind of what we, th- we said we'd start with. First off, our daughters are a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So we, we are a little further along personally. Now, everything we share on this podcast, we don't just take it. Hey, we're doing it. It's fact. You know, this is golden. This is, you know, you can go from scripture to what Fletch and Kendra say. No, we're just telling you where we are. We're trying to be real with you as our listeners. And right now we have a a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and almost a 12-year-old. And so what's changed? Nothing's really changed except a little more involvement in youth group. We have one more that has a driver's license. Mm -hmm. And there really are no boys at home now. So these Mm -hmm. are our top kids. I mean, our oldest one just graduated from high school. Our, Our third oldest son. And although he's around, these really are the the three we're we're spending most hands-on time with. Right. And so we wanted to talk, we wanted to start a little bit, go a little different direction. There's two things we wanted to talk about on this episode. And the first one is this snapshot of time between the ages of, say, 10 and 14. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I I know people who are listening and who have somebody, a a daughter that's in between 10 and 14 is saying, yes, please address this because I'm going crazy. And if you're not in it now, you're heading towards it or you've gone through it and maybe you think you blew it or maybe you think that was the hardest time and we we came through by the skin of our teeth. Yeah. So I think personally we could say we have our 16-year-old has always just been an easygoing, easy person. And we like to call her dad's daughter. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. That's good, Fletch. Thanks. Well, on the last episode, that's what you said. You said she's, she's essentially yours. dad's daughter. Yeah. Well, so she, she, you know, she had some little growing pains and some things that she struggled with. Mostly she was just very, very private, you know, when she started her period. She didn't tell me. She told her sister and I was like, what? <laughs> you know, so she's private. She doesn't really like to talk about that stuff. You know, anytime I bring something up or even if I oh, say... Oh, but we're awesome at bringing it up. I know though. we are. But even if I say, you know, like, well, do you need tampons? Well, mom, you know, like she just doesn't like to talk about any of that stuff. Um, and so she was fairly easy. But then we have this 14 year old who... Boy, there has been some sass, you know, Whatever. since for the last, forever. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. for the last maybe three years, you know, just some attitude and some sass yeah. and some. And nothing, we've, funk. we've never had this. Right. You know, we really didn't develop this with the boys Mm-mm. and then the first girl. So it's a little bit of a shock. Like suddenly you have someone that's like, where's this coming from? Right. And so there are some things to be learned in that. And I, th- and I, we've seen it in our friends' daughters as well. Um, we've seen some pretty, amazing sass, right? You oh know? my goodness. <laughs> We've seen some that make me feel uncomfortable. Like oh, I want to leave the room. Right. Yeah. And 
so, you know, how do we say, how do we address this? I think first of all, as a mom, when that comes out, when this girl's moody, sassy, you know, I know better than mom, don't tell me, I know, you know, whatever that little sass comes through as, don't take that personally. I think that's number, number one as a mom. You can't take it personally. You have to address it and say, um, I'm sorry, you may not speak to me that way, uh, but do not take it personally. Yeah. It is not directed at you. You are the easy target because you're safe. She knows she's loved by you. So you get the brunt. And that's It's the that's same with husbands stinks. and wives. True. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you cut deepest with those that are closest to you because I think people think they have a, what's that called? Relationship equity? Yeah. Like you can get away with more because yeah. I can come back here and you'll still be here. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so don't, don't get offended, mom. You know, try to, and, and certainly don't turn around and be 12 yourself. Yeah. You know? So stay <laughs> above it. What's the, yeah. what's another thing? Well, I think another thing is be very, very careful that you are asking questions, even if she doesn't want to talk about them. So even if she doesn't want to talk about personal care, or even if she doesn't want to talk about friends that are being unkind to her at church or whatever the issues are, ask those questions, you know, ask them, how are you? What's going on with your relationships? Honey, what are you thinking these days? Or, or, you know, what's, what's hardest for you right now? Ask the question, stay in there, stay in and 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 remember You've talked often that, you know, 90% of it is just showing up, right? being there. Right. Being the one, don't be afraid. And, you know, we've seen a lot of these moms, uh, we have, we have this one friend, um, that will remain unnamed, um, that, you know, has, has had some head to heads with her daughter, Yeah, but she stays in that fight. Oh man, does she? Yeah. And, you know, and is there with friends and everything. And it just kind of just reminds me of kind of what we've said all along, like just show up, mm-hmm. ask the hard questions, ask the easy questions, but just be there Yeah, because you never know when that's actually going to happen. And what do you find out? You find out that other friends, you know what they say? Oh, your mom's always around. Oh, it's so cool. Your dad and your right. mom are always there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've been told that. That's We're funny. always there. But yeah. so that's one. Um, can we talk a little bit, Kendra, about something um, you said earlier to me, which was the importance of friends? Yes. And this is huge, really, really huge. If you see a daughter moving into those years of 10, 11, 12, and they don't have at least a bestie, or they don't have, you know, a little group of girls at church that they love to hang out with or little friends at choir or whatever they're involved in, then you need to seek that out. I really think this is important for our And this is really, I'm going to jump in here and say, this is a weak point for homeschoolers. You know, if we look back at our old episode and talk about one of the weak points we said, Mm -hmm. which was this isolationism. Yeah. And so these parents, you know, out of fear, don't want their kids involved in, you know, I don't want my daughter in this. I don't want my daughter in that. I don't want my daughter in this. Right. So in fear, what happens is isolation. Yeah. And your family is the the peer group. You are the the closest peer. And again, am I saying that that's wrong? Am I saying don't have your family as a peer group? Well, what I think is that it doesn't have, there's not a future in that thinking. And the future is your daughter is going to need a support of women around her as she matures, as she goes into life, as she hits college, as she becomes a mother, you know, all of those things, she's going to need that. And as much as you do, there's not a woman I know who doesn't need another woman in her life. And is it a perfect friend that you're trying to find for your daughter? No, not at all. Because they don't exist. Yes. You know, so it's just trying to find someone that she can relate to at her level at that age. Yeah. I just pulled our 11 year old in here and said, honey, who are your best friends right now? And she rattled off a couple of names and I said, okay, we're going to make, 
we're going to be purposeful and really give you some time with them this fall, you know, and that will, that will mean saying, let's go grab coffee with her mom and her, and you girls can sit and giggle and talk and, you know, while her mom Ugh. and I enjoy each other. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's sorry, a guy. A That's dad. a man. It's like, what a nightmare of a situation. Uh, but it Giggling could, girls. Uh, oh. Come on, dad. <laughs> so, but it could mean too, that if your family's going to the high school football game, you know, you're in your community or you're going to, uh, we have a friend who's very involved in Compassion International, and her daughter will often ask our 16-year-old, "Hey, come, come, you know, do a Compassion booth with me this weekend at Spirit West Coast, you know, which is a big concert venue, or you know, things like that." So, look for opportunities to include those girls' little friends with you as you're doing things. Yeah. Now, you may not have a daughter that's super social. Again, if we look at our three, our first one. She's invited. She could go somewhere every weekend, every day of the weekend. Yeah, and in fact, is that somebody else's little church beach trip? This, yeah, this weekend, <laughs> today. right now. Um, but but you know, and then it's funny because our second one, I haven't seen her all day. She's upstairs in her bedroom. I mean, yeah, she's, and she's not doing singing and nefarious things and reading yeah, and yeah, and getting homework done. Yeah, and then the third little one has just been bouncing around. So the funny thing is, you know, some of these girls you don't need to teach them this, but for those younger ones kind of easing them into these friendships because it's tricky. I mean, the, I mean, you remember our, we used to go to a church that had a group called Tweenagers yeah. and that Tweenage group, that's, I would never in a bajillion years <laughs> want to serve in that group. Yeah. They drive me ape and yeah. because the boys all smell yeah. and the girls smell too, but the, you know, just the boys are just constantly running. They're acting like idiots and they don't yeah. know how to be kind to one another still. Yeah. Okay. So that's another thing. What you just said, what is sorely lacking in these years is kindness to each other, to each other to parents. That's that sassiness that comes to to siblings, to friends. And this is that time when girls can get so catty. You know, we've talked about putting um, our girls into some sort of like a junior high, you know, class situation, not full day, but like some sort of a class, you know, and then we say, "Mm -mm, no way, not in junior high. They're just going to get chewed up and eaten out. Chewed up and spit out. And so, so, yeah, that, you know, to know that that is the tendency of this age group. You know, Kenji, I know a lot of our listeners are chomping at the bit and they're yelling out what they want us to talk about. (laughs) And it's what we think is at the base of a lot of this. And I know a lot of our female listeners, which is pretty much all of you, (laughs) you know, there's not a lot of homeschool dads. And if there are, would you start shouting out to us so we know you're here? If you're a guy. Hey guys, it's going to start getting awkward in this conversation, but (laughs) let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about the big H hormones. We'll be right back. Those little eyes so helpless and appealing. One day will flash and send you crashing through the ceiling. You know, I know we say this a lot, but at homeschooling in real life, we love to partner with companies that offer products or services that we love. So when we got started with this podcast, I told Kendra, you know, it would be fun to get a coffee sponsor because I love coffee and it's easy for me to talk about it. So I reached out to Caroline's Coffee and they immediately jumped at the chance to sponsor this show. And I think it's because they recognize that homeschoolers like quality. We like quality in our education. And in this case, I like quality in what I'm putting in my coffee cup. Now, Caroline's Coffee is a family-owned company, and they come from the foothills in the gold country of California in Grass Valley. 
that's just north of Sacramento. I mean, listen, folks, it's an actual shop. There's an actual location in downtown Grass Valley. And when you show up, you might just find Trace Fike, the owner, roasting coffee right in the middle of the shop when you're there. Now, when you order from Caroline's Coffee, you can be guaranteed that this coffee has not been sitting around on the shelf. It's hand-roasted, and then it is packaged and sent directly to your doorstep. You know, I get my coffee sent to my office, and I always know when it shows up because the aroma of fresh roasted coffee is permeating the package that it's sent in. For me, it's like coffee Christmas. I rip through that package, I grind some beans, and I make a fresh, hot pot of delicious coffee. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, I get good coffee at my grocery store. You probably do. But let me tell you, Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted, hand-delivered, with our discount, you just can't beat the price. And flavor-wise, I'm sorry, folks, this is way better than the mass-produced national coffee companies that roast giant batches and then shove it into cans and ship it off to all corners of the world. No, this is hands-down better than that. So if you want to get some Caroline's Coffee in your cup, here's what you need to do. Head on over to our website. It's homeschoolingirl.com slash coffee. We have all the details there on how to use the code. We have a link directly over to Caroline's Coffee. Choose a coffee or a tea that you think you'd like to try. Use the code, get the discount, and enjoy it. And hey, when you're there, tell them that Fletch and Kendra at Homeschooling in Real Life sent you. I know you're going to love this company, and you're going to love their coffee. And we're back, and as we've been going through this podcast, we've been talking a little bit about girls and maybe these teenage years, and talking a little bit about attitudes and sass, and behind a lot of this is a real easy thing to point at. Now, it's not the only thing, Mm -mm. but it's hormones. Yeah. Well, and we moms know this can control your life. Um, and it's hard, you know, I just, I don't know about you guys, but every time those few days before I start my period, I cannot even like nobody in my family can do anything right. (laughs) And oftentimes I'm not paying attention enough to realize what time of the month it is. And so then I'm like, what is wrong with people? They, and they go, Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I need to bite my tongue a little bit more and eat some chocolate or something because it it, it so feels like you are fighting a losing battle. These hormones. So, Kenj, with these young girls, and you know, this is not even something I'm an expert in, but I took some time to do some research when you weren't around on mm-hmm. the web, and I found a really good blog um, by a blog called HomegrownMom.com, and I don't know much about her, but I like what she wrote. And I liked it a little bit as a blueprint. I just wanted to kind of throw these past you and maybe get your responses for our listeners. Um, she had a th- kind of a three-prong approach to dealing with girls and hormones. And it was all it all happened to be the three A's. And part of it, the first one, she talked about what, what she was mentioning was having a conversation with your daughters. The first A was acknowledge. So just acknowledge that hormones are real. Yeah, I think even just telling your daughters what they are because, you know, we know, but they don't. And so I think uh, having this candid conversation about the fact that these, this is the rest of your life. And I remember my mom saying to me that 
it's not a problem. It is, it's a circumstance, you know, like periods, it's not this thing that you're going to be able to just squelch in your life or figure out an answer to. There is no answer. They will always be there. And so how you deal with it is, um, learning in your early years to just deal with it in the way that works best for you. Yeah. And actually maybe getting the knowledge of knowing how hormones work in the body. Yeah. And it's the same for guys. Hey, there is an actual process that happens in your body. It's chemical. Yeah. And this is what happens. And this is what your body's physiologic response to this uh, hormonal level will be. And we all know that to be the case. And the older we are, we know what happens when those hormones start dropping off as well. You know, we, we see the, the other side of that. The second A that she mentioned was admit. And this one I think is interesting because I think it's an opportunity for you as a mom to admit, hey, honey, been there or still there. And this is something, you know, that you can almost giggle through. You know, there can be some real good bonding time. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just so odd to me to have friends who said that they never knew when their mom was menstruating or they never knew that she went through menopause or they never, like, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can be in the house with somebody and not share that knowledge. And, and we just, I just did this with both my boys and my girls. I mean, they just knew. I would say, you guys, I feel crummy today. I started my period. So you know what? We're just going to have an easygoing day. And when the day is over, school day is over, I'm just going to sit on the couch and read a magazine and you guys can play or whatever. You know, like there just was a consciousness that this is hard because you're not only battling hormones, you're battling a lot of times pain, pain, actual pain, cramps, you know, and, and sorry guys, cover your ears. But you know, I always felt, I always feel as if my entire intestinal system is, is to completely emptying itself out of me. So like you've got all that going on, you know, and then the bloating and then the, like it is awful for about 24 hours. And And it's okay to like admit that to a daughter. It's okay to admit it. It's okay to say, Hey, I bought some Pamperin. I'm going to take five of them, (laughs) you know, or, or I'm going to drink a Coke because that's what makes me feel better or whatever it is. Or I'm going to dump so many essential oils. I know a lot of you guys are into that, you know, whatever it is, or I'm going to take a bubble bath or I'm going to, and, and tell your daughters, you know, you're, you can do this too. It's okay. Whatever helps you get through that, do that thing. It's not vodka, you guys, you know, and you've jumped into that third point that she had, which is to arm your daughters with whatever it is that she needs. And I know, you know, a lot of moms just joke, oh yeah, just arm them with chocolate. Well, wasn't there like a company? Yeah. There's this company called Hello Flow. It is. It's like Dollar Shave Club and um, they send you monthly stuff, whatever it is you want, you know, but they send it with candy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's yeah, great. And so, and the other thing to arm your daughter with is just, um, I acknowledge his power. Yes. And be aware, you yes. know, know your cycle, know when things are coming. Yeah. Know, help her know how to track it. I mean, that's really helpful, isn't it? To know, you know, to have it on there and say, oh boy, I'm about a week away. That's why I'm grumpy. That's why I feel fat. That's why I don't have a good self-image right now. That's why, you know, I'm craving salt or whatever. Yeah. And actually maybe teaching her through that topic of PMS, that that's a real thing. It's, it's not a made up thing or a made up group of letters. Like it is, there's a, a, a true thing. Now, whether that can be used in a court of law for a, a murder trial, I don't know if we can say that, but I know we well, can say that it's a real thing. But you bring up a good point, Fletch, because 
it is not an excuse. It is definitely an explanation and it, it can change the way you go about things, especially if you have a daughter who, who's got some issues. I mean, we have a daughter with a very, very heavy flow because of some medical issues she's had. I watch her closely and talk to her very closely about it because she may need some medical help at some point. Help her out. Help your daughter out. You know, make sure you're having those conversations. Make sure that she knows she can get as whatever help you can give her. But also have that conversation that feeling crummy doesn't allow us to be a jerk to everybody else around us. Yeah, and I think that's where I want to jump in here as a dad and just say there are some things that need to happen. I mean, even within a marriage, um, specifically within as we're, we're talking about daughters today, but I think there are some things. There can be some just household rules. You know, you are not allowed to snap at your mom and your dad. I mean, as bad as you may feel, um, there are levels there. Let's call them, um, you know, when you drive down the road, what are those things called on the side of the road? Guardrails. So, you know, there are guardrails that we have when we are dealing with conversations with one another. You know, you... For a husband and wife, you don't go after each other personally, right? You know, right? You can talk about a situation and be very upset with the situation, but as soon as you make these personal attacks, that's when marriages start to crumble. Um, but you know, with daughters, you can have certain guardrails in your family for just conversations or how you want to express yourself or how disappointed you are. I think the other thing dads need to have um, is a ton of grace. Um, this is not a realm that you can say, oh, I get it. I know what you're going through. Because you can't. You just yeah. cannot get it. Please, please, please never say to your daughter, get over it. Yeah. Just don't do that, Dad. So there's a ton of grace that you can have in the midst of all of this, which is, hey, I, I do know what it's like to have something out of your control. Mm-hmm. And I do know how frustrating that can make me. And I do know how upset I can get. Um, you can have those real conversations, but they're all peppered with a ton of grace. You know, Fletch, I think this also brings up the point that not only with our daughters, but teach our sons this too, because they're going to be husbands. They're going to be boyfriends. They're going to be bro- they're brothers. So teach them that girls need a tender response when they're going through this. Exactly. Time. And that's modeled both from dad and then um, encouraged from dad. Let's uh, back up and look a little bit at what we've talked about. We've had these girls in this you know, 10 to 14 year old range. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about as you enter into that, let's do a couple things. Let's make sure that we are preparing ourselves for that so that when uh, DEFCON 10 hits <laughs> with a teen attitude, yeah. you are not, um, you are above DEFCON 10 prepared for it, not to come down heavy, but to understand like you can sit above that situation and not be in the midst of it. So the war may be taking a taking place out on the battlefield, but you're in the war room kind of looking at it going, all right, I see what's going on here. I, I see the playing field and I can, I can relate to it from that. Cause if you're in the midst of it, you know what? Sabers are going to rattle and blood is going to be spilled and it's going to do a lot of damage. So that's one. Second thing we've talked about is looking and trying to surround our girls with friends or peers mm-hmm. that can help them navigate through these tricky years and picking good Good friends that are going to encourage and push them, um, you know, back to their parents, back towards Christ. Those kind of those kind of friends, and not be afraid of letting our girls venture out of our house for relationships. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing we just talked about is that kind of the 
behind all this is this underlying natural biological thing called hormones. Um, there's one more question I wanted to ask you, Kenj, and that's the use of mentors in the life of a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen that play out. We have a couple of older women mm-hmm. in our daughter's lives. And now as our daughters are older, 16, 14, you know, since they were little, they've had some older women who have loved on them. Yes. Yeah, that's entirely true. And I've seen uh, women come forward and really encourage our daughters just a text or, you know, some comment on social media, on their Instagram or, you know, whatever these women are doing. Can you think about that, moms, you know, uh, as an adult? Who are the young women in your life that aren't your daughters that you could be that one to say, wow, what a beautiful picture you took here on Instagram? young friend, you know, or whatever it is, like those things mean so incredibly much. And here I am 45 years old. I have a woman in my life who's 75, who is that to me. And I I think this is important all the way through. So find those women too. And and you may not even have to find them. It's interesting to me who my daughters look up to at church, you know, or in other situations that, that really spend time with my girls and give them um, just give them the encouragement they need, kind of a beacon. So, um, you know, really what you're looking at here, Kendra, is a Titus II woman. Right, right. You know, this older women investing in the lives of younger women. And so much in the past of homeschooling, it has been a uber-controlled, yeah. um, rigid, formulaic model, as mm-hmm. opposed to just this natural coming alongside, almost in a tribal yeah. mentality, like... Let's let's care for these younger women in our in our gatherings. Well, and I remember Fletch kind of when we were back in that time where we were so rigid and we were so in that homeschool legalistic, you know, controlling mindset. I had very specific ideas about who I wanted my girls to look up to or who I would have allowed to be in their lives. And it's a beautiful thing to let that go and allow God to just do what he's going to do and see who ha- who has been in their lives over the last few years um, at church and uh, mostly at church. And it's not necessarily who I would have ever thought. Yeah. And, and then to some extent, not that you're going to manipulate that, but we have seen these women who have risen up and, you know, on, on the other side of things, I've seen these men who have spoken into the lives of our sons mm. and they are good people yes. to now come alongside you and say, Hey, you know, I'm seeing this in my daughter, mm-hmm. I'm seeing this in my son. Can you look for it too with me? Mm-hmm. You may see things from your uh, vantage point that I'm not seeing cause I'm, I'm in the midst of this battle. Um, but can you take a look from the outside? And if you see it, you know, would you take the time to speak in, to their lives. I mean, that's the value in it. That's right. the that's the golden ticket for me. Um, do you have anything else on girls on this episode you want to talk about? Well, I don't think we necessarily have time to get to launching girls and we're not there yet. So, you know, maybe in a, a further episode we can talk to somebody about how how you prepare your girl to step out into the world um and is that different than how you prepare a boy yeah so we you know we can get to that um but i think too you know if we have a forward thinking view of our daughters and say let's prepare these girls to be where god wants them to be when they're 18 19 20 years old um that's going to take a lot of prayer and so that's what i think i would say is more and more the older i get the farther we go along with these kids and as they age, prayer is the number one thing I rely on. Yeah, that is really true. 
Um, you know, if there's something you want to talk to us about on raising girls or something we mentioned here that either rubbed you the wrong way or something you just jumped out of your chair and said, yes, for sure. We want to hear from you. So, um, you can respond right to this, uh, podcast as it's listed either on the ultimate homeschool radio page or on our own website at homeschoolingirl.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to email us, you can email us at info at homeschoolingirl.com. Or if you want to get um, kind of more our tribal discussion, you can start that on Facebook with us uh, at any time you want. And we'd love to hear more from you on this topic. Now, our show is not over, so stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, before we go, we want to do spend just a few more minutes talking about our sponsor of this show because it fits in so well. Yeah, and actually, it's funny because we were talking about resources for this, which we will list on our page as usual, you know, show notes. But um, when we were talking about this, I said, hey, Dear Magazine, it is a magazine produced by Hedua, uh, but... You guys, like, really, this is a fabulous magazine for our girls in this age group. Yeah, I talked to Rebecca Kelleher, the publisher of Dear Magazine, about it. And, you know, one of the things that this magazine was created for was that uh, Rebecca would come home and talk about world issues with her families. And their daughter, Jenny, is just passionate about justice. And as she started hearing about some of these situations worldwide that women were stuck in, actually stuck in, um, she wanted to report on these to other young girls, other young Christian homeschool girls. We have first world problems. And one of those problems is we don't understand what's going on around us, both locally, across the nation, globally, because we're just in our own little world. And so to bring some understanding of hey, this is going on in this country and this is going on in this city and these are the problems that are affecting women in, in a sensitive way um, just to bring awareness and then say, you know what? You might be 14, you might be 16, you might be 20. It doesn't mean you, you can't do anything. What can you do? So bringing ideas about what you can do to make a difference, to make a change. Girls between the ages of 16 and 22 are making life decisions on where they're going. And if we could influence them at all in a, in a way or give them the idea that, hey, I can make a difference. I don't have to be somebody who has to go out and make a bunch of money to be a success. I can make a difference in the lives of other women and and be a value to them. And so part of Dear Magazine is not just crafts and how to do do it yourself and fashion, but it's really the news from around the world and as it relates to young women. So this is a great resource for young women. Yeah, and our daughters personally love this magazine. It's beautifully laid out. It's readable. It is directed toward their age group. It's really lovely. Yeah, so if you've just listened to us um, on this podcast talk about young women and talk about things you can do for girls, um, we're not just selling this idea. We really, truly believe in it. It's something you should check out. Now, in our show notes, there's a link. There's every week that they've sponsored this podcast for Hedua. But head on over to Hedgewood.com. Take a look at it. See if you agree with us. It's a Dear Magazine. Again, this is not part of advertising. This is one of our yeah. resources from this show. Right. So, um, Kenj, what's coming up next week? 
Next week, Fletch, we are bringing back a guest that we have had on the show before. His name is Thomas Umstadt Jr. We discussed with him his viral blog post called Is Courtship Fundamentally Flawed? And we're having him back on the show to talk about courtship and crisis and his new book on the topic and the response to it, which is interesting. Yeah, and I keep referring to him as a young kid. He's not a young kid. He's in like his <laughs> mid-20s. But He's we, 29. I yeah, we love talking to him mm-hmm. on, on this podcast. He is super uh, articulate and just a sharp guy and you know I, I had a chance to read this book and I loved it and so we got him on to ask him questions about it. Kendra's right there's been some response that uh, he shared with us as well Thomas is a homeschool grad he was raised homeschooling graduated homeschooling so he knows a little bit about the topic so next week Courtship in Crisis Thomas Umstead Jr. Thanks for listening to our show this week. Uh, We've loved talking about girls. Go out, give your daughters a squeeze, tell them you love them, and we'll see you next week. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com. 